Excited now to be joined by the head coach, the Utah women's basketball team, Lynn Roberts. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to catch up with you again, especially uh, a day after a phenomenal win. How'd that thing go down last night? How excited were you? Yeah, that was great. You know, we we played uh, when we played UCLA and USC here, we beat them both. Uh, they both were top 10 at the time. And and so we're going down, We, you know, five weeks later, go down and play at uh, UCLA on ESPN Thursday night and just completely laid an egg. We were awful in every sense of the game. Uh, and, you know, we had a kid get six stitches on top of her head, one of our best players. It was just, it was like the wheels fell off and, and uh, it was awful. <laughs> but it's February and, and there's no time to feel sorry for yourself or dwell. So you just move forward and it's really proud of our team bouncing back, playing uh, currently number seven USC at USC with, you know, one of the best players in the country, um, probably behind Caitlin Clark. You know, she's Juju Watkins. She's unbelievable. So we played there and obviously Alyssa Peely's former school and team, um, you know, tons of people packed house and, and we got the win. So that's our fourth top 10 win of the season, which is awesome. Um, but just more proud of our team for all the adversity we've faced this year and just kind of, our ability to keep, you know, getting back up and swinging and, and, you know, and now we're heading into March and it starts to get really, really fun. That's incredible. That just the, the number that you threw out there, fourth top 10 win, I believe all four of those are in pac 12 play, if I'm not mistaken, unless I'm forgetting an early season game, but that tells you how tough this conference is coach. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I was, I was speaking with uh, somebody that, you know, just in terms of the NCAA committee and seating and all of that, um, and it's ridiculous. And, and so us playing all each other helps our strength of schedule, but it kind of hurts because we beat each other up in terms of wins and losses. So, uh, but right now I think there are eight teams in the top 25 in terms of all the, you know, not just net, but like kind of, and, but including net strength of schedule, there's five different things where they, you know, the kind of the algorithm that they use on the women's side. Um, so there's five teams, or, I'm sorry, eight teams in the top 25. So it's bananas. And when it's all said and done, we will have played, I think, 16 teams in the top 25 during the season. <laughs> so incredible. it's just ridiculous. But uh, we'll be back. You know, all of us that will make the NCAA tournament, and right now there, there could be eight, um, we're all going to be battle-tested. And all these games that we're playing, they're, you know, they're NCAA tournament-type games. Um, and that's why the Pac-12 on the women's side does so well in the NCAA tournament. You know, I played sports for a long time, Coach, and I had a lot of different coaches tell me that every year was so different, regardless of how much, uh, how how many teammates you might have lost in a given year with the uh, end of eligibility. But uh, how much different is this team compared to your Sweet 16 team last year? It's different, and it, I mean that's it's such a great distinction because even if you have a lot of the same ingredients um, from a team, you know, from year to year, that the recipe always comes out different, and um, and that's kind of the beauty of team sports and, and, you know, that's the challenge of it and the beauty of it. Uh, but the team, you know, we had everybody back of our top eight players and, uh, from a sweet 16 team, but then we lost to our, our starting point guard and, and then Gianna Neepkins, it was 34 points a game. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had the team that we had in terms of the potential since November 14th. And <clears throat> so it's been a year of adjusting and adapting and, um, you know, we we have not been at full strength all year. And, you know, and even now we've got kids coming in and out and, and it's just part of it, you know. And so you have to adapt and you have to 
recruit depth so that when it happens, you don't completely fall off the, the wagon. And uh, so the team is very different, but the culture is the same. And what these guys are made of is the same um, in terms of, you know, we pride ourselves. And, and it's not too different than football. I think that's what Utah Athletics, you know, that's where your success, you can hang your hat on just kind of being that blue collar. We're going to out-tough you, outwork you. You might have more five-star athletes than us, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. So that's kind of what our culture is. It's, a, it's, it's you know, we want to win more than we want to get ours, and that's how we play. So like yesterday, as an example, we scored 23. We made 23 baskets and had 21 assists um, with having one of the best players in the country in Alyssa Peely. So we're not just throw the ball at her and get out of the way. And, you know, it's, it's a fun style, and our culture is about us over, you know, the individual. Talking with the great Lynn Roberts, head coach for the Utah women's basketball team. She's doing a fantastic job. Took this team to the Sweet 16 last year. Has this team primed and ready, doing some great things. Got a big-time win over number 7 USC last night on the road, which was really difficult. And I didn't bring this up, and I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you had mentioned it just talking about the weekend. So when when you're top-end coach, and, and you've obviously you've, you've developed into something that's just incredible here, do you – come home and think more about the loss to UCLA or or more about the win to USC? What sits heavier on you? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I'll tell you what, after that USC game, that, that weighed about as heavy as, as a two-ton truck on me. Uh, and, you know, I think at this point in the season, I don't care what team you're coaching or what team you're on, whether you're in last place or first place or whatever, like you know who you are and you know what makes you good and you know what makes you bad. And on Thursday, we did all the things that make us bad. And the frustrating thing for that about that as a coach is we all know. The players know, we know. So it's kind of head-scratching. I was more dumbfounded than anything about why did, why did that happen. Um, not to say that we had to beat UCLA. I mean, we did at our place, but it was just the way we competed. Um, so that one weighs on me more. But I'm incredibly – you know, it's hard on the road. You lose like you did on national TV – to pick yourself back up and compete the way we did, you know, two days later, like that, that's what I'm most proud of with our group. Um, that was a hostile environment and Alyssa Peely's getting booze and, um, you know, USC is good and, you know, a lot of people and it, it was hard. Uh, but the way we competed and fought is what I'm most proud of. So, you know, and like I keep saying, it's February, like we got to move on. So we play Washington state on Thursday it's no longer about the win at USC, but I hope for our players it gives them a little boost of confidence and some wind in your sails. Because February is hard. You know, you're playing teams for the second time. They know you so well. You know them so well. You know, everyone's ready for the NCAA tournament, and you got to stay present, stay grounded, or you're going to trip up. Is Alyssa Peely one of the toughest competitors you've ever been around? I mean, taking the booze that you talked about, she comes out of there 23-9, and leading the team in both points and rebounds. Is she – she the toughest minded, toughest character you've you've coached. She's one of them for sure, I and mean, we've got a lot of them on our team. I think that's why we've been successful. Um, but the amount of pressure and attention she gets is is the most I've ever seen. You know, everywhere we go, and I've shared this, but it's true. And it happened yesterday at USC. Everywhere we go, there is a crowd, and I'm talking hundreds of people waiting to get a picture with her, an autograph, mm. um, you know, whatever, a selfie. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, as I've joked, like we're all waiting on the bus for her, but she takes the time to, to greet and engage with every single person. And it's a, it's a different demographic too, right? Like 
there has never been, I, I heard the other day, there's never been a Polynesian in the WNBA, and there's going to be, which is pretty cool. Um, but she's also half Native American, and, and so, um, you know, she, her her demographic reaches uh, uh, across, you know, boundaries that have never been crossed. Wow. So, you know, there's all these people that come out to see her because it's they've never seen anyone that looks like them be on the stage she's on, which is that's what representation is, and that's why it's so important. So to handle all of that uh, and still, as you said, put up 23 and 9 and, you know, go 12 for 14 from the free throw line at the end because they were fouling and yep. they just kept fouling her and knocked them down with booze and all the things, the students behind her, like she is tough and she has an ability to focus when it counts. I'll tell you what, Coach Roberts, this is – I've never seen women's basketball with this kind of notoriety and, and attention. And, and it does take superstars, and it takes good teams. And the Bayou Barbie is incredible. You brought up Caitlin Clark. Yeah. You throw in Alyssa Peely. And we've got one of the best group of women's basketball players that brings people's eyes to the TV screens. But it also creates a heavy load of competition. And i got to imagine it's pretty hard coaching in today's climate. It is. It is very hard. And like I said, in the league we're in, there is no time to, you know, exhale. Like you just got to keep pushing. Um, and if you can make the NCAA tournament, which we will, but you know, that's the goal. Uh, then you feel like there's some confidence because you you've battled, but yeah, it's hard. Recruiting's hard. Every, you know, it's coaching is, that's why we're all us coaches are all a little weird, uh, you know, to get into this and to love it. Uh, you got to be a little different, <laughs> but uh, I do think that the, it is incredibly rewarding. This is my 22nd year as a head coach. Um, I don't feel that old, but evidently I am, um, you know, the, the growth of the game, even in the last five years has been remarkable. Uh, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but you know, you mentioned the names. I think, you know, on the men's side, I've heard a lot of people say, like, I don't know who the best players are on the men's side in the country, right? Like, it's because they're, you know, that they're either one and done or they're transferring or whatever. And so on the women's side, because you can't leave college early to go to the WNBA, um, you know, they're, they're staying in college. And, and so you fans and, you know, media and all the things, you get a chance to – know the personalities and get to know the people and sports comes down to that, right? Like you want to know who you're watching and, and feel a connection to your team or to the player or whatever. So I do think we've got the ball rolling in the right direction and, you know, attendance is up. Our attendance is up 75% in the last two years. Like it's just, it's booming and it's incredibly cool to see. It's incredibly cool to see it. It's a lot of fun to cover and it's, it's great for us because we, we love great sports and that's what it's become. And your team yeah. has, has been so special, you know, and it's demanding attention, and I love it. I, I want to get uh, I want to get your philosophy on the Pac-12 tournament. I, I know losing in the quarterfinals to Washington State wasn't what you'd hoped last year. It, uh, you've got two games to finish out the regular season, the two Washington schools, and then you're on to the Pac-12 tournament. How do you approach that tournament? Is it a, a win at all costs, or is it, hey, brush up, get ready for tournament, the big tournament play? How do you approach that Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, it's a great question, too. It's, it's hard because, you know, last year, going into the Pac-12 tournament, we were sitting as a one seed, and then we lost in that quarterfinals. We just, you know, we had beaten Stanford at home a few days earlier and clinched the Pac-12 and all the things, and I think we were just emotionally spent. 
Um, I didn't, you know, none of us planned on that. And it wasn't like, hey, guys, just let's take it easy. It doesn't matter. Um, so if I think if we had won one of those games, we probably would have stayed a one seed. But, you know, could have, should have, would have. We didn't. And so we were a two. You know, this year we're in a little different situation because we're kind of teetering at a four or five seed. Mm-hmm. And on the women's side, the top uh, 16 teams, so one through four in each side of the four, you know, four regional bracket get to host the first two games of the tournament. So that's a big deal. And you want to be a four more than you want to be a five, right? Because then you get to host and that your chances of winning go up. Um, and they do that on the women's side. One, for attendance, just to make sure that those first couple games there's fans. And two, you know, it's, it's historically been we want to put the best teams forward and make sure that we're getting um, the best teams and the, and the biggest TV slots. Well, now there's so much parity. It's going to be interesting if we stick with that model. But um, who knows what the whole NCAA, what models we'll stick with, right? Like yeah. there's a whole lot of things in the, in the air, but that's one of them. Uh, so we definitely want to host. So we need to, you know, if, if that's something that is in our sites, which it is, we got to focus on Washington State, and then two days later we got to focus on UW. And then I think we've got to go into the Pac-12 tournament this season thinking – you know, we got to, we got to do the best we can so we can host. And uh, so it's kind of a, it's kind of both. Like let's do the best we can because we want to get ready for March. Um, I think there's a less, you know, and I've been in it two years ago where we were, we were in the tournament, but we wanted to make sure and, 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 you know, lock ourselves in and we made it to the championship and, be, and, you know, turned out to be a seven seed. So I think it depends on where you're at in terms of how you look at the tournament. But, you know, you get everybody down there in one site and, and suddenly the competitive juices get going and everybody wants to beat everybody for the last time, and this truly is the last time. It was pretty special that you got to host Gardner-Webb in Princeton last year. I thought that was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was neat. And and what an experience. And, the, and Salt Lake City showed up, and, you know, we had over 10,000 for, for the games, and it just was a – you know, I've always said Salt Lake City is a basketball town. And and it's been incredibly rewarding to see it, you know, kind of catch on fire with women's basketball, not just the Jazz or, you know, the running youths, but let's let's throw us in there too. I think people like good basketball, and that's what we're doing right now on the women's side, and we want to keep it going here in Salt Lake. No question about it. It really is. It's fantastic basketball, a lot of fun to watch. I hope people are tuning in, buying tickets, and getting out there to see this Utah women's basketball team because it's unique and it's special. I, I, I should let you go. Can I throw one more question at you, Coach? I, Absolutely. I, I'm so curious. You kind of briefly mentioned it. Is is name, image, and likeness, is it really leaking heavy into the women's side of sports too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't describe it as leaking. I would say flooding. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, huge part of it. Um, I think probably, you know, men's and women's basketball and football are probably the biggest faces, um, you know, across the board nationally. So I know at, at Utah gymnastics, just because of the, the state, the status of our program, but not everybody, you know, not very many people have gymnastics. So, um, but in terms of, yes, it is a huge, huge deal. And, you know, for better or worse, it is what it is. Adapt or die. So we're in, we're in the space for sure. Yeah, that's tough. And I, I've got to remember, I got to imagine having a little bit of notoriety and some success has to help you get those boosters and the dollars and, and the money put together for the collectives. But just keeps getting more and more difficult. Free transfers for everybody, Coach. And it, it's a little frustrating on air, I'll tell you. All of us trying to keep track on, on air and transfers and, 
name, image, and likeness and collectives, it, it gets frustrating to even track, let alone having to coach it. It's got to be really tough. Yeah, it does. But, you know, I think back when I played and even in the, the, the first time, you know, first few years when I was coaching, I think this is what happened. You know, the pendulum always swings too far, right? So back when I played and when I first started coaching, like the student athletes, you could do anything with them, right? Like you could run them at midnight if you wanted to. You didn't have to feed them. There was just, you know, they, they didn't get any extra. Uh, you could go into a bookstore and, and buy, you know, J.J. Reddick's jersey at Duke, you know, the highest selling jersey ever in Duke history. And he wouldn't, you know, he never got a penny of it. So now where it's swung so far the other way to where it's, it's kind of like, whoa, like maybe <laughs> can we find a happy medium? Yeah. And I, you know, just like everything else, I do think it'll swing back on some level. Um, but we're just in the midst of a, of a change and, and transition and it's, it's uncomfortable and it's, you know, maybe it's not perfect, but I do have faith that it'll swing back to where it's a little more regulated and logical and benefits both the athletes and the, the institution. So that's my hope. And, you know, I hope I'm still coaching when that happens, but I do believe that will happen. I hope it happens, too. You know, my co-host here on the show is Scott Girardi. He's the voice of the Utah State Aggies, and he's actually on a flight to call the Fresno State game tomorrow. And, Coach, they had a roster that came back that had not scored a single point for the 2022-23 season. Not a single point returned. I know. I've been tracking that. What an incredible coaching job and leadership there to get that group playing the level they're at. It is. It's it's possible but I think Coach Sprinkle is going to lose some hair over this because it's <laughs> it's got to oh, be difficult. Yeah, it is hard. And and the the hard thing, you know, when you recruit high school kids, you you start recruiting when they're fifteen, sixteen, right? So by the time they get to you at eighteen, you know them, you know their family, you know kind of you know so much about them. They visited at least once, maybe twice or more, and there's a there's an actual relationship there, right? That that has a foundation. The transfer portal transfer portal is hard because it's a, it's a, it's a microwave recruiting like it's two three weeks and kids are making decisions so you think you know what you're getting you hope you know what you're getting um and it's it's a two-sided coin they hope they think you know they know what they're getting and that's why it sometimes doesn't work because it's like what i thought in that microwave process isn't what it is um, and not to say anyone was wrong in it, but, you know, and that's what's hard with the recruiting out of the portal. You don't really know what you're going to get. So it sounds like at Utah State they got some good guys, but that's not always the way. Well, Coach Roberts, I've kept you way too long, but you're one of our favorites. I appreciate you taking a few minutes, and I'm going to encourage everybody to get out there for the final two regular season games. They're going to be played up there at the Huntsman Center before they get into Pac-12 tournament championship action. you got to get out there and take a look at this team Support them. They're fantastic. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Yep. That's the great Lynn Roberts.